Another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. This is a throwback. And I was inspired by this throwback by a recent pod that Rich Roll released from a 2017 recording that he did with Hillary. And if you haven't listened to it, it is a conversation that will most likely make your heart beat faster and will make your heart want to go and live an adventure because unfortunately the beautiful soul of Hillary passed away only a few months ago while out living an adventure and he had a podcast that spoke so candidly about why she chose the adventure life that she chose. So in the name of throwbacks, it felt only timely to bring you a conversation that I had with Darius Sam from June of 2020. June of 2020, Darius had completed his first 100 miler and within 48 hours, we had him on the mic recording the real live, albeit first ever podcast he had recorded. And now, two and a half years later, The New Yorker has recently released a documentary of what went into that project, of where he's at now. It doesn't cover some of his recent incredible feats, including a 240-mile race in Moab that took 99 hours, and he completed as the youngest person, which is highly noteworthy. I've reached out to Darius to touch base and see where he's at and what's next. I haven't heard back yet, so thought in the meantime, and as a gift and a nod to the universe, we would re-release Darius Sam. I hope this conversation too makes your heart beat faster and makes us all realize just how precious this life is. Enjoy my friends. So honored to have an incredible human named Darius chiming in from Merritt, British Columbia, who, I mean, buddy, you're a legend. I just read all about you on CBC and I was joking with my friends that I slid into your DMs on the gram to say, will you please talk to me? And here you are. (laughs) Hey. Hey. So have you recorded, have you been on a podcast yet or am I? I've never in my life. Never in your life. So I'm early on the podcast. You are soon to be a celebrity and this will be a normal occurrence for you. (laughs) Um, Because you woke up one morning with something pounding in your heart that said you can make a difference and you can do something. And you went and did something freaking incredible. And I want to hear about it. I want to know what woke you up, what got you out of bed. And yeah. about, I want you to tell us about what you just accomplished because it's phenomenal. All right. Well, I'm going to give you the, the, the backstory um, want- how, how, how everything came to be because I want everybody to know that it, it didn't just happen overnight. All right. I want the backstory. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, about, I'd say about five months ago, five to six months ago, leading up to the new year, I was partying, I was drinking, I was smoking weed, I was mixing all those things together. And I, I didn't, I, I wasn't, I didn't find myself. I didn't know who I was, to be honest. Mm. And it was just a regular occurrence, getting blackout drunk and, and just getting high out of my mind and, and doing all that that bad stuff and i i was actually i was high one night this is um before the new year actually it might have been new year's night i was high one night and i just i don't know what happened but i see myself from an outside perspective and seeing what kind of life i was living i was living an aimless life 
and I, I decided to tighten up and I, I moved home with my mom. You know, I remember, I remember, um, I actually, yeah, I moved home with my mom and I ended up shaving my head and like shaving it clean mm. and tightening up and, you know, holding myself accountable day in and day out, you know, starting to get up at four, three o'clock in the morning, working out, going to work and then working out after work, going to bed at eight and doing that every single day and nothing changed for the longest time. And, and then I started to tighten up that way mm. and everything became, became easier for me. Wait, what do you mean nothing changed? I mean, it sounds like you changed so much in your life. So what, what oh, felt well, like no, nothing? Um, like nothing changed from my routine. I, I had a steady routine and I never broke it. Right. Okay. But, Wait, was that hard? Yeah. It, was, it was hard at first. For the first three weeks, it was really tough. It was, it was my body, my mind, you know. I suffered every day. Yeah. But then, you know, now, now my body knows, you know, this is what we do. I guess we suffer. Mm. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, leading up to now, I've just been like pushing myself further and further and further as days go by. Like just a ten percent increase almost every single day. Mm. Seeing what I can do and how I can do it. Mm. And about a month ago, I think it was actually like twenty or thirty days ago. Thirty a month ago, I think to this day. Wow. I did an I did an Ironman triathlon. What? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 Just I, on your I, own I, accord, you're yeah, like, I'm self, going for it. Yeah, yeah. I self self made Ironman triathlon. <laughs> with a, I had two witnesses watch me do it. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I did it in like 13 hours and 53 minutes. Holy! Okay, where did you swim? First of all, Nicola Nicola Lake. I swam along the shoreline. You swam in Nicola, and then you got on a bike and you yeah, rode. 180k. In, in near near Merritt, the exact same the exact same route that I I just ran. The same route that you ran. Now, for context, yeah. do you know that Ironman Canada is in Penticton, which is not far from you? Like that is um, you have to like qualify for that. You have to sign up, but that doesn't matter. I mean, I'm just like you're in the vicinity, you were in the the area, yeah. but you were off yeah. to do your own. Okay, I love this. Yeah. And then where did you run? I ran from eight miles past my where I started biking. Yeah, and I ran the same route that I just ran my hundred miler, but just twenty six miles in, and then cut it off there. Right. Okay. And and this Ironman, this like self led Ironman, was just like a box to tick, or what was the impetus for you? Well, I was going through YouTube one day, and I, I seen that it's the world hard world's hardest triathlon. Yeah. And I was I was just wondering if I could do it because the previous <laughs> weekend to the previous weekend to that, I, I biked like seventy miles. Yeah. And that was pretty easy. So I thought that, yeah, if I bike 70 miles and I just like buckle down in the water for this, for this one week, I gave myself a week to train for it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, CBC did a great job of covering your hundred mile run, but they definitely (laughs) failed to articulate that you did a self-led Ironman only a week before on a week or a month before. Was it a month before? Yeah, it's actually, yeah, literally a month before I ran 100 miles. Okay. But I didn't tell anybody really about it because uh, I don't really, I don't know. I just didn't really tell anybody because it's just me and a couple of friends. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. So a 14 hour day under 14 hours is a big deal. That's a a long time to be out moving Mm -hmm. your body. And you've gone through this, you know, incredible transformation in, you know, six months, five months, and you're 19 years old. 
And yet amongst everything going on in the world, you also then like bring us up to speed on this hundred miler and why you chose to do it. And you've done it for an incredible cause. Well, I actually picked up, uh, I actually was same thing. I was watching a YouTube, I was watching YouTube one day yeah. and uh, this video of this guy named David Goggins popped up <laughs> and, um, he was talking about how he ran a hundred miles in, in 18 hours on a single one mile track. Mm. And he was like 260 pounds and it was the most pain that he's ever been in his life. He said he's never experienced pain like that before. Mm. And I was like, man, that sounds like something that I think I could do. Right. And then, um, but I, I think what I did was, well, cause I didn't run on a one mile track. I, I ran with 6,000 feet of elevation and in, in total. So, um, there was that. Yeah. And, and then I honestly, I, that's all I seen. Then I was like, I think we could do that. So I, I made it a goal and then I decided, man, I, I shouldn't just do this for nothing. Mm. I'll head to the, I'm going to go check out some charities that maybe could benefit from something like this. Yeah. And I actually went to the food bank and, and I stood in line, the line, I didn't know the line. I thought people were just lining up down the street, Yeah. but the lineup for the food bank was literally down the street. Mm. And I actually asked this one lady in a scooter how she was. And she told me that she was well, but she just, she, you know, admitted that she was pretty hungry. And then I was like, man, I have to do something. I got to do something here. Mm. So I went and I spoke to Orlando at the food bank and, you know, we went from there. I, even if we got a hundred dollars, I still would have been out there running. Right. So you raised money for your local food bank and you didn't just raise money. How much have you, has the total come in? Like over 80,000, I think. <laughs> you have raised over $80,000 for your local food bank. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I mean, $80,000 to a food bank, you've just <laughs> really made a huge difference. That's enormous. Yeah, I, like I said, I would have been happy with 100. Or, and my goal was a thousand to begin with. Your goal was a thousand dollars for the food. Yeah. Yeah. My goal was a thousand dollars. And then it just, I don't know. It just spread like wildfire after that. Like literally Um, for people listening in, like he's, he's calling in from, from a place that is notorious for some wildfires. (laughs) Um, it's, it's not even a funny joke. Yeah. Okay. This spread like wildfire. And I honestly, it just picked up, picked up and picked up. And I couldn't like keep, keep track of what was going on. Yeah. Cause I was out training and then I, I, there was like two days I didn't check the GoFundMe three days and I looked at it and then we, we hit like 8,000. I was like, Whoa, we hit eight. I remember, I remember how happy I was when we hit 5,000, which was like two weeks ago. Right. And I was like, no way. We just hit $5,000. I would have never believed this. This is unbelievable. Yeah. And we hit 8,000 and I was like, no way. This is then it hit, it hit the Vancouver Sun in the province, and then all of a sudden I hit 10,000, 12,000, 13,000. And then from there, I started off my run at like 14,000, and it just took off 20 grand oh my in, in a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, you're giving me goosebumps. I'm so excited for you because what you're talking about is totally impossible. It's like, I get it that you've done it. And so now it's totally possible. And I, I love the notion of like, what's totally possible, but you have to understand that the David Goggins of the world, the people that do Ironman, they train for months and they have in their head that this is something that is, you know, 12 months away or, 
at least 12 weeks. People that, mm-hmm. you know, train for Ironman, it's, it's an endeavor. And what you have just set out is to say that we can do anything and, and we can do anything starting tomorrow, like wake up at 4am and start yeah. working out. And, and it's not to minimize how hard it is because I want to acknowledge that you started this by saying that you were in pain and that you were suffering yeah. and yeah. that is not to be overlooked, but this was your first hundred mile endeavor. Is that right? Yeah. The first time you would run a hundred miles. Yeah. Yeah. First time I've, the furthest I ran before that was like 26, like the, the Ironman. And then, <laughs> and then I, I actually, I actually went into the hundred miler with, with shin splints, pretty oh. bad stress, pretty bad stress fractures that I didn't tell anybody about. <laughs> so I, that was tough. That, that hurt. That hurt. I'm not laughing yeah. at you. I'm just like, dude, this, this stuff, this story is unreal. You just keep getting better. I want to know what it was like. Tell me about this hundred mile endeavor. So the first 50 was relatively not that hard. I just one foot after the other. I was moving at a good pace. I did 50 miles in nine hours and 48 minutes or nine hours and 50 minutes. Okay. And I, I stopped and all of a sudden I had like a farmer's wrap and then I had like an electrolyte tab Yeah. and I puked it all up. I puked three <laughs> times, I puked it all up. And then from there it got tough because I was running through the night right. and it was, it was pouring rain on me all night oh. long. I was soaked. Yeah. And, um, I was, you know, I had to switch clothes. My feet were getting torn up. I was running on pavement. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and then we got to, I think we got to like the 67 to, to 70 mile mark. I remember it was like the 68 mile marker yeah. and st- stuff just started getting hard. Yeah. I remember it started getting really hard for me. Yeah. I remember I was power hiking hills and the hills wouldn't stop coming. Mm. They just wouldn't like, I thought I'd get past the last one and all of a sudden there would be a bigger one. Right. And it'd be a longer one and there'd right. be a, more of an incline. Yeah. And I was like, man, what is going on? I think these hills are going to be the, be the end of me. Right. And then my grandpa Shane, you know, he came up to me and he, he told me, you know, this is what you do. This is where you find out who you are. Oh. And I was, I was going up those hills. Like I just or kept that in my head, man, this is, this is it. And you can't. So I won that war. I beat those hills. Yeah. And uh, we kept going. And as we got to the 90 mile marker, Oh my god! I had to, I remember had I remember having to go bathroom so bad. Yeah. To the point where um, I was about to you know shit my pants. Yeah. And I they rushed me to the bathroom. Yeah. And um, I had blood in my stool and urine. Oh shoot. Uh, yeah, and then I collapsed outside the bathroom. I don't remember being lifted, taken to the hospital. Oh shoot. Um. Yeah. So then you went to the hospital? <laughs> yeah, I went to the I went to the hospital and then I was just out of it and then yeah. I kind of came to the conclusion that I can't let this be the end of me. Okay. I have to finish what I started. So I got out. Yeah. Uh, I ch- signed myself out <laughs> and I and I finished what I started. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean just with this story. Okay, so maybe they just gave you some they just tested my heart and they told me I had to wait two hours for an IV, which was not happening. Oh, you didn't wait? No way. No way no. I was waiting. No. Okay. Got it. So <laughs> you made it into the hospital. They probably wanted to give you some electrolytes, but you didn't want to wait that long. Your heart I was okay. I couldn't wait that long. You just heart was turned, okay. You went, turned around and went back out Yeah, I to got, finish got those out. 10 miles. I had, I had, to, had to finish. The, the funny part of the story is I actually ran past 50 miles, where I call my halfway point. Yeah. Because 
I was running and I didn't press resume on my oh. Strava, my Strava app yeah. for 12 miles. Oh, and when I pressed no. resume and then my, my head was in a weird space. So I thought yeah. that I ran 50 miles. When I got to 50 miles, I was actually at 62. Oh my God. So I, <laughs> which is crazy. And I actually ran like, I think it, it's somewhere between like 102 miles, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is like per- perfect. Like you have the stories of delirium and of, yeah. yes, all of it. Oh my yeah. gosh. And so how long from start to finish was your first hundred miler? Well, I finished at five. I finished at five. PM? Uh, so, yeah. And I started at 12. So that's 20, that's 27 hours in, in total. But the thing is, is total running time. Like in, in total running time, I think I might've had it under 24 or just missed it. Okay. But in total like time, I, yeah. I got it in 27, but I might've, I might've ha- been close to 24, I under mean, 24. Let's, let's acknowledge that y- you did go to the hospital in there. So yeah. y- you have, you have a buffer, you have a buffer. Yeah. Absolutely. And then I, did, I didn't take in consideration that, cause usually when people try to run hundred miles in 24 hours, they do it on like a single, like a single flat track. Right. Like a one mile, like a one mile flat loop. I had 6,000 feet of incline against me. Yeah, that's, and, uh, you picked the hardest way to run 100 miles. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah. you know, just to think that I could do it in 24 hours was, was you know, ridiculous in itself. But, um, you know, happy I got it done, though. Oh, my gosh. Now, you mentioned your grandpa, which is amazing. I did see gorgeous photos of, I mean, you had a crew out. I think it might have been your was it at the end of your day? You're sitting yeah. in a chair and everyone yeah. is surrounding you. We'll make sure that that photo is included here. Who was part of your, your crew and what did that there look was like? So, there was so many people. Uh, oh. Some people I, I didn't even know. There was hundreds of people. But the, the most significant ones is a, a close friend of mine, and I call him a brother now, is Mark Nendick. Yeah. He's, a, he's a PFN, personal life and training coach here in Merritt. He's a, a great guy. He ran 60 K. He carried the torch. He's a, wow. you know, he's a, he's yeah. a, I, I ran with him and oh, I just can't, he's a great guy. And, and my friends, oh. my close friends that I call close are my friend Marco and my mom, my grandma, my grandpa, all my family members were there to wow. cheer me on. And they did, they didn't sleep as long as I wasn't sleeping, they weren't going to sleep either. So, wow. I ended up staying for like 30, up for 37 hours. I mean. Oh gosh. Um, we are recording this. And when did you f- actually finish? How many days ago? How many days ago? Yeah. It's Tuesday today, right? It's Tuesday. Yeah. I finished this at Sunday at five. Sun- right. Okay. So we're like 48 hours later. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So for friends that are listening, we were on video and I was like, dude, you're a legend. How are you feeling? And your response was, well, I feel as good as I did last week. And I was like, but you've just done something incredible. And it's like recovery time clearly has been very quick for you. I mean, do your quads hurt? Are your um, insides messed up? I, have, I, think I, I think I have broken bones in my feet. Broken bones in your feet. Okay. I, I think I'm in like major uh, severe stress fractures in my shins. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm walking around on crutches, but I already been to the gym twice this morning and um, yesterday. <laughs> okay. Enough said. So you're committed and, and broken bones aren't going to stop you. As long as I'm breathing, I'm not dead yet. You're not dead yet. Oh, 
buddy every day above ground. It's a good day. This feels so inappropriate and I have to ask what's next. Well, I've had my eye on this, this Guinness world record okay. uh, previous, previous to this. It's, um, you ever heard of a deadlift? Of course. Oh okay. my gosh. Oh so my gosh. There's, there's this, there's this record out there. Yes, um, there is. A, the most, there's this record called most weight pulled in 24 hours. Ah. So there's this guy, there's this guy out there who he pulled, I think it was like 1 million and hundred pounds in 24 hours. So he had like 138 pounds on the bar yeah. and he did, he did like something ridiculous, like 500 sets, 700, 7,000 reps, 14, 14 reps per set. Oh and like gosh. took like 30 second to two minute breaks in between every five sets. And he did it and he did it in 20 hours. Oh my gosh. So I was thinking, you know, thinking that if I could do that, if I could do what I just did, I can, I can beat that. All right. So I'm going to track, I'm going to track him down. <laughs> I mean, he should be scared um, <laughs> because you're coming for him. So, so the, you're, I mean, next up is landing in the Guinness book of world records. Yes. That's the next, that's the next step. I love this. I also want to know, and you don't have to answer anything. So if you don't want to answer this, I totally respect yeah. that. Uh -huh. I want to know how this has changed the relationship with your mom and with your friends. Nothing has really changed with my mom and I. I mean, my mom's always been there. You know, I spent a lot of time you know, letting my mom down and disappointing her mm. in my life. And she, she's, she, she adopted me, mm. you know, so to me very young yeah. she gave up her she gave up her youth just so i could have one so i think wow. i just had to make i just had to make up for the time all the nights that i made her cry oh <clears throat> okay and my um, friends yeah and my and my friends uh i don't have any friends i'm not gonna lie hmm. i don't have there's a very select few that you know i'll let come around and you know they're genuine people and they've been there from the start and they've they've helped me along the way Hmm. Never, never, never gave up on me before even all this. And they always believed in me, mm -hmm. but uh, how I changed them is that they're now setting goals and they're now trying to be the best version of themselves. Because I think if you hang around, um, hang around certain energies, it kind of, it kind of transfers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You mentioned that you have found a gym and it sounds like the coach at the gym has made a big dent in your life. Well, um, I, my, Mark is not really my coach. Mm. He's more of like a, a friend. I've been going to the gym for a long time. Cool. It's been, I started working out maybe when I was 17, 16. Yeah. And just been weightlifting since then, powerlifting, weightlifting. Yeah. And I've been going to Planet Fitness. And I just met Mark like a month ago. Oh, Not cool. even. And yeah, I don't, I've never really, I've never had a trainer and I never had a coach. I've, everything's just been on my own, to be honest. Got it. Okay. It sounds like it's worked. You haven't given up yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you spend your days? You mentioned that you wake up and work out and then you go to work. And what does work look like for you? I'm not working right now. I'm on EI. Okay. Yeah. What did so, it look like? What did it look like before all this when I was working? Yeah. Where, oh, where I got did you work? Uh, I worked at a school and I did like maintenance. Oh, cool. That's cool. Okay. And um, I... Yeah, I was getting up at three thirty, 
getting getting it in running training for I had a boxing trainer oh cool and I was doing like pretty intense training with him yeah for a long time yeah and I after I got that done I went to work for like eight hours and after my eight I'd go and I'd do some like some powerlifting or some bodybuilding wow after that then I go home and go to bed at like eight eight o'clock my mom can my mom can attest to that she's seen she's seen the whole process yeah I bet wow how do you fuel your body? What do you like putting in? I noticed that you were drinking some Gatorade on the run and that's all I saw. I don't, I don't usually drink Gatorade and I don't, okay. drink, I don't drink pop. I don't do, I don't really do sugar. Okay. I do like my, my diet is really like very strict. I do chicken, rice, broccoli and yogurt, Greek yogurt. I do a lot of like complex carbs, oatmeal, plain oatmeal water that's it i do branch chain amino acids and some vegan protein shakes to mix it in there i'm so inspired i am so radically inspired and i hope you know that by you choosing to wake up in the morning you have inspired i mean do you even know how many people have contributed to your eighty thousand dollar gofundme uh, probably over a thousand people over a thousand people which is oh. insane that's amazing. Thought that this matters and people that listen to this podcast might know I have done 25 Ironmans. I've dedicated my adult life to racing Ironman. It is something I love enormously. Holy. And I don't know that I've ever met a story like this one. And that is really, really cool. And having been a part of this world for a long time. Being an ultra runner is just next level. And in so many respects, it's like you might not even get the magnitude of what you've accomplished yet. And, and I hope that we're, we're going to be friends for a long time. I know you've just met me and you might think I'm crazy and that's okay, but you are a very special human to choose to spend and exchange a day of your life to do what you've done. And I hope this is just the beginning. I can't wait to follow and cheer. And the next time you do something crazy, I mean, maybe not lifting a lot of weight, but if you go on to go run for many, many hours again, I am, I am freaking coming to show up for you. <laughs> yeah. The goal is the goal. The goal is the two, uh, the, uh, the Moab. Moab. Okay. Of yeah. course it is. Of yeah. course. Incredible. Um, we're out of time and I hate that because I feel like I could ask you so many questions, but the last question we wrap every podcast at team Porker with is what is currently making your heartbeat faster? My friend, kids, kids, say more, the, 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 the kids in this, the kids in this community, the kids in the world, the kids in a province, the kids in Canada, mm. all the, all the kids, all the indigenous kids, Every single kid, I just want to show them that don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything. and Don't let anybody bring you down. Mm. So you can do anything in this life as long as you put your mind to it, on determination and persistent perseverance. Enough said. 